Wonderful. I guess you can be seated. Um, adults. I scattered some handouts abroad. Apparently not in your seat. Right now. There's 20 of them scattered about. I just, I, was, I couldn't remember where people were sitting. And uh, I didn't want to, I mean, I sanitized myself when I handled them, but I didn't want us to breathe on each other. Um, so if you, want, if you didn't get one, um, there's some, <laughs> some other seats. Uh, and then children, uh, there's a bag for you. I'm going to try to do this a little different, <laughs> like we say every week. Uh, I'm going to try to make this kind of a family Bible study. Obviously, the children are going to be staying up. Um, so the kids each have a bag. Um, you guys can open them in a minute. But I would ask that you leave the bag and the clipboard and the coloring devices here so as we can use them again. And then take the papers home. Okay. So I'm going to tell you a story in the Bible. Once upon a time, in John chapter 13, there's a story just before Jesus gets arrested, and um, he's having a meal with his disciples or his friends, the people that have been following him for three and a half years, and they're all sitting around having a meal together, and then Jesus decides he's going to do something weird to them. And in Bible times, people walked most places they went. Um, some rich folks would have horses. Others may have a donkey. But most, most people walked everywhere they went. And so um, if you guys, you guys wear sandals most of the time in the summer, and um, after a good long day playing outside, how do your feet look? Not very good. A little bit dirty. So... That's how it was every day for people in the Bible. And so they would come to someone's house. Um, a servant would come and they would wash their feet, show them that they were welcome. And uh, so Jesus and his disciples were having a meal together. And this time, Jesus, you know, he's a, the guest of honor for his disciples. And generally, a servant would come and wash their feet. But Jesus got up and he got a towel and he started washing his disciples' feet. When he came to Peter, Peter was the guy that was loud and outspoken. And Peter said, Jesus, you going to wash my feet? And Jesus said, what I'm doing, you don't understand now, but you will soon understand. And Peter's like, no, you'll never wash my feet. And Jesus wouldn't take no for an answer. He said, if I don't wash your feet, you're not going to belong to me. And then finally, Peter said, okay, fine. He realized it's a mistake. And he said, okay, then wash my hands and my head too. Just wash, wash all of me. I want to belong to you, not just my feet. And Jesus you know, smiles at Peter and he says, you know, you've bathed all over so only your feet need to be washed. However, not all of you are clean. And Jesus said that because um, he knew that one of his disciples was going to betray him, Judas would. And after he finished washing their feet, Jesus said, do you know why I did this? You call me master and Lord. If I, who am your Lord and master, have washed your feet, then you should also wash others' feet. And by this example, Jesus was teaching his disciples that they needed to serve others. So here, Jesus was the, the king of the world, serving his disciples by washing their feet. 
He didn't need to wash their feet, but he did it to be an example to them and to us of what true humility is. And so as Christians, we want to be like Jesus. So if we're going to be like Jesus, we have to put others before ourselves. And that involves us serving others. We need to follow Jesus' example and serve others with this same spirit of humility that Jesus had. If Jesus, who was God overall, could serve and put others first, then we should be able to, too. So you guys open your bags now. Open your bags. So this story, Jesus, gives us an example for us to copy. And in your bag, I think you probably have done this in Sunday school already. Um, there's a picture, and you're going to need to copy this picture using the grid. Get your mom to help you. Or your grandparents help you if you want for a minute. And also, as um, we do this Bible study, children, if you could um, write down some ways that we can serve and we can love each other, love others. We're going to talk about it afterwards. And then when you're done, there's a coloring page, there's word search, there's some stuff. So you guys work on that and listen. And adults, you got your coloring sheet? And <laughs> We're going to Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 8. We're going to talk about um, living unselfishly, which is what we all need to do, and sometimes we don't want to admit it. Uh, And today we're going to talk about the attitude of Jesus. So Philippians 2, verse 5 to 8. I'm going to read in the New King James, which just takes it to these and those and the Dunnest and doest and whatever. It makes it a little simpler. It says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeliness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So Jesus gives us this example of how to humble ourselves. And we as people, we put emphasis on what people do more so than what they say. My father um, used to smoke cigarettes. As far as I know, that was it. But he would smoke cigarettes. <laughs> and he would, as he was smoking one day, he said to me and my brother, he said, hey, when you get older, don't do this. We're like, but you're doing it. And he said, oh, you, you, you know, you do as I say, not what I do. Right? Everybody's heard that. I didn't make it up. My father didn't make it up. That's a saying that we say. But, you know, we know that saying. We know it's wrong. And, you know, there's you know, people that will say something and then they'll do the opposite. You know, ever had a boss that said, just gets out, yeah, you need to be on time. You need to be on time. And then the next day they're late. Right? You, can, you can tell people to do something, but if you don't do it, you look kind of dumb. <laughs> it's hard to respect someone like that. It says, don't do what I do, but do what I say. Right? Um, what we do and what we say need to line up. And Jesus was a great example of that. He tells his disciples, you need to, you need to serve, you need to humble yourself. And he did that. He wasn't someone that just said, do what I say. But he did it too. He was a great example for that. He tells us to put others first. And he lived his life putting others first. Paul writes in Philippians 
He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We need to have the same mind that Jesus had. The mind of God needs to be in us. And again, he's writing to the New Testament church, you know, people that are filled with the Holy Ghost and they were baptized and they're, you know, all that stuff. And um, I said, you need to have the mind of Jesus. And that means that we need to see things the way that Jesus does. We need to value the same things, be of one mind and one accord. We need to be unified. And we said before that unity comes through submission. And if we're going to have the same mind as Jesus, the mind that's in Jesus is in us, and we're going to have that same thing, it's going to take us submitting to him and his will and his way because he's God and we're not. He's not going to, well, Sherman wants to do it this way, so I guess I'm going to do, I'm going to change everything because this is how it wants to go. You know, that's not how it works. We need to submit (laughs) to Jesus. Sorry, Sherman. Having the mind of Jesus means seeing and valuing the same valuing the same things he values and having the same sort of attitude. So there's three areas that we're going to focus on. They're in your little handout. First one is humility. When Jesus washed the feet of his disciples in John 13, he took the role of a servant and he humbled himself before his followers. This act of servanthood was something the disciples did not fully Understand, Jesus was their master. He was their, their rabbi, their teacher. And he was trying to show his disciples how important the act of humility was in the kingdom of God. His unselfish act shows how important it is to, be hum- to humble ourselves and to serve others. Sometimes, if we're honest, we would like everyone to serve us. It would be nice, wouldn't it? We would just do what we wanted all the time. About us, give in to us. But being Christ-like means sucking it up sometimes, keeping the mouth quiet, <laughs> and going about the Father's business. Jesus washed the feet of Judas also. Even though he knew that Judas was going to betray him in a few hours. And that's humility. That's love. He humbled himself and he washed the feet of his betrayer. That's love. Even if someone harms us, even if we don't get along with them. Maybe even especially if that's the case. That's what humility is. Jesus gave us that example. Humbling ourselves, our pride and serving. You want to be like Jesus? You need to serve humbly, not look for attention. The second thing is Jesus was driven by compassion for the lost. In Luke 19, we find Jesus' Mission, he says in verse 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's what his goal was. That was his purpose. One of the main focuses of Jesus' ministry was to seek and to save that which was lost. He was willing to do the most selfish act of all in order for this to happen. He laid himself down on a cross for this to take place. John 15 and 13 says, Greater love have no man than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. He has love and compassion for the lost. That's what drives him. And if we don't, then his mind's not in us. If we don't care, then his mind is not in us. What's something we've done lately to show compassion for the lost? If that's not the center of what we do, 
as a church, then we are missing the point. That's literally why Jesus came. And if we are following him, if his mind is in us, then that should be our priority also. And the third thing, Jesus showed how to have dependent, total dependence on God. John 5 and 19 says, Then Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself or what he sees the Father do for whatever he does, the, the Son also does in like manner. He set the example for us to depend on God totally. If we're going to be like Jesus, if we're going to have his mind in us, we're going to need his help. Obviously. Common sense, right? Serving doesn't come naturally for us. Most of us aren't born like, you know what, I want to do whatever I can to make everyone else's life easier. You know, it'd be nice. I'd talk today, it'd be nice if the children would just clean the table without being told. But they don't. Because it's not in them. It doesn't come naturally. You gotta teach it, you gotta learn it, you gotta work at it. Serving doesn't come naturally, compassion doesn't come naturally. We need the help of God. To do it. We need his strength. We need his power. His transformation power to make us more like him so his mind is in us so that we can do it. Our lives will be meaningless without a complete reliance upon God to show us what we have to do with our lives. He gives us purpose. He gives us calling. He gives us you know, what we need to do. He shows us and he leads us. Fulfilling the mission of Jesus by humbling ourselves and reaching out to others and serving and saving can only be done by total dependence on the Spirit of God. We can't do this without Him. We need Him. Becoming someone who serves others is a good thing, and it's something that we should strive to do, but it ain't easy. Right? Yep, it's not easy. There's a lot of different roles, a lot of different dimensions to serving, but we're just going to mention four. Um, Servants, the first one, it's a new thing. Servants think of others first. It's what they do. Their first priority is their master. Their first priority is whoever they're serving. The candlestick Lumiere said, Life is so unnerving for a servant who's not serving. And remember that? Beauty and the Beast? Be our guest. A servant that's not serving, there's something missing. They need to be serving. That's what a servant does. Paul says in Philippians 2 and 3, he says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. We need to put others above ourselves. A servant thinks of others first. If you want to serve, you need to put others first. You need to think of others first. That's what servants do. And the second thing is servants, in order to do this, they lower themselves. To lift others up. That's what Jesus did on the cross. He was humiliated in front of everyone. But we are lifted up through him. I'm not saying we need to do exactly that. But if he can do that, surely we can humble ourselves a little bit here and there. And help lift others up. We need to be willing to be humble to serve others around us. We can never think that some task or service is Beneath us. If that's the case, you're showing, your pride is showing. We're at a work day at a church that's not this one. And uh, there's a guy. There's a few older 
saints in the church. Um, one of them was a retired minister, and another guy was just a uh, retired saint. I don't know. <laughs> so we had a work day, and they, they were all, we were all there doing stuff. And um, the retired minister, I would say his name, but you would know him. He was working hard. Like, he just nonstop. He didn't stop. Like, he's still going. He retired, but he works harder now that he's retired. He's still, whatever. He was just, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And he just didn't stop working. And this other guy was just hanging around, chatting up with the ladies. You know, and someone's like, oh, are you going to help? He's like, no, I put my time in. I was like, that's, <laughs> that's not how it works. That's <laughs> not how it's supposed to work. We can never think that something is beneath us. We need to be willing to do whatever needs to be done. Yeah. I know there's some things we can't do, but we need to be willing to do whatever we can. I said, well, I put my time in, I'm done. No, you're never done. <laughs> when we get to heaven, we're going to keep serving him. <laughs> so the third thing is servants see the importance of furthering a cause of another. Again, that's what Jesus did uh, with Calvary. Everything he did was for us to bring redemption to us, to set us free from sin, to deliver us, to heal us, to restore, and that's, that's love. The fourth thing is servants are willing to lay down their lives. We already read it, but John 15 and 13 says, Greater love have, has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. A servant will do whatever they can for the person they are serving, even if it means laying down their life. It's a bit extreme. I know. I'm not telling us we need to go lay down our lives for people beside us. But that's what a servant does. They're willing to do it. A servant will do whatever they can for the person they are serving. I know that sounds a little extreme, but it shows us that the role of serving doesn't just end. You don't just put your time in and you never have to do anything ever again. It doesn't stop when we feel like it. A soldier who is serving the king or the queen will lay down their life without a second thought if it means to protect the king or queen that they are serving. And we need to, as Christians, follow the example of Jesus. And just because... Uh, I'm saying that we need to serve, right? Um, and as I say that, some of us may be hearing it. Everyone needs to serve me. Because <laughs> all these people here, they need to serve. So obviously they got to serve someone. So <laughs> Hopefully you're not hearing it like that. But that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> we need to serve. We all need to serve each other. By following Jesus' example of serving when he washed his disciples' feet, as ex for example, we are giving glory to God. John 13, 31 and 32 says, For when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, he will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. This is after this whole foot washing thing took place. He's glorifying God through his serving. He says, and by serving we identify with Jesus. Remember his mind needs to be in us. And our goal is to help him fulfill his goal. We're serving him, right? We're serving each other. We're serving Jesus first to, to seek and to save that which is lost. That was Jesus' goal. That's his mission. That's his goal. And if his mind is in us, that should be ours also. If we are serving, that should be our goal. 
by serving, we follow the example of Jesus by being obedient and humbling ourselves. Again, Philippians 2, 5 to 8, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Jesus could have made himself as anything. He could have came as the next in line on the throne. He could have, you know, the next emperor. He could have done whatever he wanted. But he made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. The entire ministry of Jesus was spent training and leading his disciples and teaching them the importance of being obedient to God and serving others in such a way to show that they were disciples of Jesus. Remember he says, this is how they're going to know you're my disciples, is how you love each other, how you treat each other. That's how they're going to know. And Jesus gave us a great example. If you read through the gospel, you see over and over, you know, he's constantly putting others' needs above himself. He stops and heals people. He, you know, follows Jairus to his house and says, you know, we're going somewhere else. He just follows him to his house. And on the way, a lady gets healed. And he's like, you oh, know, you're healed. Go your way. You know, and he, he's always taking time out to heal and, and do incredible things in people's lives. So if he can make himself obedient and humble himself, then we can surely do the same. So let's serve God, let's serve each other, let's make disciples and lead the lost to Jesus. Being a servant is not something that happens overnight. It, it takes, takes work. We're constantly fighting against the spirit of this age that promotes self. We're all about me, society. Our whole society is all about me, not me. <laughs> but as all about the individual. My rights. What I want. Me, me, me. I am special. I am the most important. I'm going to live my truth. <laughs> I am right and everyone else is wrong and I'll yell at you on the internet and caps lock and prove it. Me, me, me. And it influences everything that we do. And we're taught that we go through that system you know, as we grow up, we go to school and work, and it's just constant, constant thing we have to fight against. So how can we take on the role of servant? It's going to be a bit of a challenge because we're programmed to think about ourselves first. Jesus gives us two paths or ways to do it. Uh, last little bullet point there. Matthew 20, verse 25 to 28. It says, But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know, the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whosoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. Whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. We all want to be great, right? We want to be great parents, great employees, great leaders, great men, women. And the idea of average 
You know, it's not something you sell to people. It's not something that appeals to a lot of people. Hey, do you want to be the world's okayest parent? Yeah, I think I'll give it a go. You know, it's not something that we strive for, to be average. We all, in our head or in our heart, we all want to be great. And James and John's mother, he, she had just come to Jesus with this passage of Scripture we read. And she said, I want my sons to be the greatest in your kingdom. I want you to put one at the right hand and one at the left hand. And I want them to help you rule your kingdom. I want them to be the greatest. Because she, like everyone else, thought Jesus was going to establish some throne again, like, a, like David, and, and rule the kingdom. And, and she said, I want my boys to be on either side of you. I want them to be the greatest in your kingdom. And that's when Jesus says this. He calls them over, James and John, and says, you know, this is how it's going to be. You want to be great? This is what you're going to have to do. He didn't tell them that they couldn't be great. He told them how to be great. He didn't say you're, you're never going to be great. He said, if you want to do this, this is what you're going to have to do. And we can be great Christians. We can be great men and women and children of God. But in order to do that, we need to humble ourselves. Well, Jesus said, you want to be great, you got to make yourself a servant. Servanthood, that's how we become great. That's how we become the best Christian that we can be. That's the first way or the first path that Jesus gives. If you want to be great, you have to learn how to serve. That's how it comes. And the other path, the other way is Matthew 23, verses 11 to 12. It says, but he who is greatest among you shall be your servant again. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And who humbles himself will be exalted. So the first thing, if you want to be great, you got to learn how to serve. The second is if you are exalted, if you are lifted up, and people are like, hey, this person's great. Cheryl's the greatest Christian there ever was. Look at how great she is. Everyone be like her. If that's you, you have to humble yourself. You can't let it all go to your head and be like, oh, yeah, maybe I am. Maybe I am the best. Maybe I'm the greatest. We like to lift people up sometimes. We like to brag on them sometimes. We like to promote certain people, preachers. Certain ones get all the invitations. Certain ones preach all the big conferences. We like to, that's what we do. We like to promote. We like to pick and choose. Well, this one, that one, we're going to use them a lot. And if we're not careful, if you're the one that's being lifted or promoted, you can get carried away. And so sometimes we need to humble ourselves. I used to say in Bible school, if you don't humble yourself, God will do it for you. So, humble yourself. You're forced to. Because that's an uncomfortable situation for everyone. The desire to be lifted up is in all of us. Our nature is to want people to recognize us. And our um, some desire or public recognition. And others maybe were a little more awkward and... Don't like the crowds or public attention we still wish for it in some way or another. Maybe a little more subtly. But Jesus knows our human tendencies. He knows that we get carried away when we start getting attention. We start thinking, you know what, maybe I'm pretty awesome. We get, we get puffed up and we get full of ourselves. In Proverbs 16 and 18, it says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. So if we're going to be like Jesus, we're going to have his mind in us. The same attitude, we're going to have to learn how to serve. 
We're going to have to stay humble. Make sense? These two approaches to paths, to ways to do this, they may seem strange and weird to our culture, but each has a pathway to servanthood in the kingdom of God and greatness in the kingdom of God. To show the love of Jesus in today's world, we must try to be more like Jesus by humbling ourselves and serving others within and without the church. Outside of the church. With the church. Outside the church. And that's how people will know that we are truly disciples of Jesus. Amen. Kids, did you get done your stuffs? Oh, come on! I gave you like 20 minutes. Does anybody think of any ways that we can serve or love others? Anyone at all? Excellent. Well, that's disappointing. Anybody else have anything? Yeah, I try to include you guys. You just ignore me. Well, let's all stand. We'll think about it for the week. <laughs> I hope that made sense. Sometimes when I'm teaching, I feel like I get lost. <laughs> uh, let's just pray together. Pray that this mind that was in Jesus would also be in us and we would become more like him and serve in order to be great and we start getting puffed up put a pin in it <laughs> or it's too late let's just pray together